BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening to UFC Unfiltered. Matt is away, but he does call in. My co-host today is my pal, Louis J. Gomez. Ben Askren calls in, and we have a good time. Chaws are dropped throughout this arena. Nobody is sitting down. Chasing that finish. Elbows raining down. Oh! On the button. Are you kidding me? Oh, he hurt him again. He's out. This is UFC Unfiltered. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Serra. I always like when you're listening to a radio show or whatever, and the opening theme plays two beats too long, and that shows something is wrong. Like, and as the listener, you're hearing parts of the song you never heard before. People just scrambling behind the scenes. You're like, what the fuck's the matter with this? Charlie, cut, Charlie! <laughs> um, here's what's going on. Matt Sarah is once again not here, gallivanting off, spending the Sarah fortune with his family. Of course, he's with his wife and his lovely daughters and Edwin, the brother-in-law. Yep. I don't know how many, if they have any kids with his sister, I guess. I'm going to guess they do. So the Sarahs are kind of uh, taking over Universal. And uh, he's going to call in in a little while. The original call-in time was not going to work because Matt's, uh, I guess, busy. Or maybe he's just not in a quiet area. Yeah, so he'll maybe call he's in a little line while. or something. He might be online line for a ride or a, a hot dog, more likely <laughs> than a ride. Uh-huh. Luis J. Gomez is coming, and Luis is running a few minutes late. And um, you know, to break the fourth wall here, I know you guys like to believe we're doing this live, and we are, but we're a day early today. Yeah, it's the day before Thanksgiving. So by the time you're hearing this, it's Thanksgiving. But I'm taping this the day before. So if Jim Norton is killed tonight. You're hearing this like, wow, Jim's still alive. But then I heard he died. That's how it worked. So uh, Luis J. Gomez is taking a, an Uber, which who, take, who the fuck takes an Uber the day before Thanksgiving? You can't pick a shittier day to drive. Yeah, I got an email about a gridlock alert. I mean, it's just not a good day to be. On the road. Right. It's a horrible day to be uh, everywhere, not just New York. But anywhere on the road stinks. Um. I got to see my family tomorrow. And I don't mean I got to in a bad way, but I'm not looking forward to the traffic. Yeah, they're in Jersey. Amy Schumer invited me to her house. She did last year, too. Her husband's a chef. I was going to say, that's nice. Cooks his balls off. Yeah. And I kind of want to go, but I I really want to see my mom and dad. My dad fell. He has a black eye. Hope he's not a victim of elder abuse. I hope my mom's not (laughs) kicking the shit out of my father. (laughs) Yeah. Let me show you. I'll show you my dad's black eye. Um... I guess he fell while he was running, and he fucked himself up. 
pretty good. So, um, you know, I, I had to look under. Look, look at my father's black eye. He, he got really fucked up. Oh, he's got yeah. It's like a real bad one, right? Like road rash. Shit, what he fell on his face. It was, I know. It's like, dude, you not put your hands up, Dad. <laughs> it's like he just fell on his instinctively as he's falling. He took his hands and put them back behind his back, <laughs> like he's yeah. fucking swan diving. I hope it's not my mom beating him. I, I got to talk to them, and I'll see my sister. And uh, you know, I love my family very much. I just don't see them that much because I'm lazy and I hate to drive in traffic. But I got to go see them. So I'm talking to a friend of mine. Um, I know her, but not that well. We've never hung out. But I like her a lot. We text and we talk and, you know, she's a buddy. And we're not dating. We're just friends. She's very cute, but she's, you know, not going to date me. Right. But I might ask her to come with me to my family's. But it'd be so awkward. Sure, yeah. I think that might be a little... But I don't care. Okay. It'd be fun. Like, just to have someone to drive down with. Right. Um, I mean, let me talk text her and see what she says. While we're, while we're doing this... Sure. I'll, I'll, I will say... And Lewis will be in shortly, by the way. He's just in... Yeah, and Ben Askren later in the show. Which ben Askren and Matt awesome. Yes, and Matt Sarah. Do you want to come to me? Wait, do you want to come with me to my family's tomorrow? Question mark. <laughs> She's going to say no, but I just think it's very funny. It's Hold a very on. smooth text too. Uh, to my wait, do you? Uh, yeah, do you want to? Come, here's what it says. Do you want to? Do you want to come to me? Wait, do you want to come with me? <laughs> oh, I really am a bu- fucking. Fool. She'll say no, I can't, or I won't be awake. Uh, uh, oh, do you want to come with me in my family's tomato? It said. Yeah, send that. Yeah, see what she says. I, I'll go either way by my, uh, you know, with my. Um, I'll go see my family tomorrow. Um, I just, you know, I, I want to go to Amy's just because it's so uh, it's close. She lives in the city, right? And her husband, did I say, is a chef? Yeah, I mean, even if you go by for dessert, maybe stop by after dinner, see what's going on over there. Yeah, but then I can't bring somebody who Amy doesn't know. Right. Because this girl's a comedy fan, and she's a really nice person, but it would just be... Uh, no, I'm actually writing, come to me with my, come with me to my family's tomorrow. Yeah. There you go. Lewis is on his way up right now. Okay, good. Yeah. All right, so what I'm going to do is when Lewis walks in, I'm going to fake that I'm talking to Ben Askren. Great. Perfect. Um, and then Lewis will walk in. I'll just be in the middle of a fake conversation with Ben Askren. What should I say that I'm asking him? I'll pretend I'm arguing with him. Yeah, just be like, just, I don't know, maybe he's, Tell he's yelling at Dana or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm going to say. Okay. I just can't wait to get this text back. Yeah, poor Lewis, he was panicking. It's like, yeah, it happens. I have a check here for Lewis, too. He did the Chip Chipperson podcast. He was very good. Oh, very nice. So I owe him money. Um, yeah, we did this with Matt. I forget who we were talking to, or you were pretending to talk to. Tony oh, Ferguson. No, 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 no. But I mean, we did another one where like it was oh. Steve A was supposed to call in or something, and then Matt sat down. Oh, just tell him to just jump in. Yeah, yeah. And we'll see if he does. I mean, you know, Lewis knows MMA. He does the Michael. But I haven't talked to him since his fight on the air. Why am I whispering? I don't know. Like a sex. I want a sexy <laughs> vibe when Lewis walks. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. He actually won that fight. Good for Lewis. A decision, I think. Yep. Um, which is even more impressive than a knockout because that means you fought well for a couple of rounds. Sure. Um, Lewis is a big kid. You know, he's not a small guy. No, he took it seriously. I mean, he really yes. trained for that. And he was hurt a little bit going into that fight, too. Was he? Said. Yeah, when he came in, he had, he'd said his hand was messed up from training a little bit. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but just tell me he can just come in and walk right in. Yeah, yeah, I told them outside to just let him in when he comes in. When he wants to walk in, just say, you know, mm-hmm. come in and just jump into the interview. Uh, oh, no, I did this. Come with me to my family's tomorrow? Question mark. That was a, uh, that looks pathetic. I'll put forget the question mark. <laughs> 
Oh, oh God, that's humiliating. <laughs> God damn it. Um, ah, shit. All right, I fucked up, folks. Yeah, you seated ground there. It seems so pathetic. Come with me to my family's tomorrow? It's too tentative and wimpy. Yeah. She's going to go, what the fuck are you doing? I don't even know you. I've never hung out with you. <laughs> just just be like, never mind, then write it again with an exclamation point. Just tired of my parents thinking I'm gay. <laughs> Knowing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna bring her as a beard. Just hang out with me. Just <laughs> pretend you like me. But no, sometimes you just want to do something with someone. Yeah, like of drive down with someone. And I love my parents. It's fun to see them. Yeah. But the drive sucks. I'm tired of doing it alone. Listen, I hear you. You know? Hey, look, your confidence is important. Sometimes one change can make all the difference. You're walking around feeling like a lump. One little change. Hair Club knows this. And they're inviting you to become a part of the Hair Club family to see how getting the most out of your hair can change your life. Nobody ever feels worse with more hair. You've never heard anybody say, what well, you look so down for? I have more hair than I used to. It's always when you're losing your hair. They understand the emotions you're feeling now and they know the questions you have. Hair Club is the leader in total hair solutions with a legacy of success for over 40 years. Now, whether you're looking to revitalize the growth in your own hair or to learn more about the latest proven methods for hair replacement or restoration, Hair Club's professionally trained stylists Hair uh, health experts and consultants will craft a personalized solution to ensure you feel your best and get the most out of your hair. See for yourself just how powerful great hair can be. Now, I, and I don't, I've not lost a lot of my hair, but it's thinning. It's thinning a little bit, and uh, you notice it. I notice it. I only hang out with people under 5'7". I don't want anybody taller than me looking down at my stupid hair that's not as thick as it used to be. So it does affect you emotionally. It does affect your emotions. Men feel better when they have more hair. I'm sure women do too. Go to hairclub.com slash unfiltered today for a free hair analysis and a free take-home hair care kit, all valued at over 300 bucks. You have nothing to lose by doing this. Hairclub.com slash unfiltered, a free hair analysis and a free hair health care kit. Hairclub.com slash unfiltered. After a stressful game, it's only natural to need some well-deserved rest. Upgrade your current sleep situation because Mattress Firm is offering the best bed deal of the year. Get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price for savings of up to 700 bucks. Plus, take home a free adjustable base up to a $699 value. That's $699 for free. You'll only find these deals during Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale. So don't miss your chance to start sleeping like a pro. Shop now at mattressfirm.com slash sale. There's nothing worse than being uncomfortable in bed. It's, it's horrible. You're not rested the next day. You suck at work. Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale is offering the best bed deal of the year. Save up to $700 when you get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price plus... Take home a free adjustable base that's up to a $699 value, free. Visit mattressfirm.com slash sale for more details. What up, everybody? This is CJ McCollum from the Portland Trailblazers. And here's a little taste of what we talked about on this week's pull-up podcast. Very special mini post-Game 7 episode of pull-up. An epic Game 7 in Denver. 37 points back-to-back essentially close-out buckets. Why were you so successful last night? I think it just really came down to my demeanor and mindset. Empty the clip, leave nothing out there. I wanted to say I did everything in my power and I left all my bullets out there on the court and didn't bring anything home. How do you shift to a completely new animal, an absolute monster in the Warriors? In the playoffs, it just comes down to X's and O's and execution more so than anything else. 
The Warriors aren't going to run a lot of plays. They're going to run a lot of misdirection out of timeouts and late clock situations. But most of it's going to be mid-pick and roll. It's going to be pin downs and flares and things of that nature for Clay and Steph and a lot of transitions. So you have to guard the three-point line, get back in transition, and make it as difficult as possible on them. Don't forget to pull up. Subscribe and listen every week on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Um, but it's uh, so you, you know, the, the trade obviously was huge, and uh, hey, and uh, you know, I mean, you for Demetrius Johnson. Uh, did did you feel like this was going to happen before it happened, or did, was this a total shock to you? Yeah, Luis J. Gomez has just walked in. What's going on, guys? Hey. I was just faking that I was talking to Ben Asker and I'm not. Oh, you cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't miss it. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's really funny. You really got me. Did I really? You thought I was oh, talking yeah. to Ben? I was like, I was like, what a weird way to for me to sit down. I was like, hi, Ben. <laughs> you got great hair. Uh, he sure does have a good head of hair. Got a great head good of hair. Call Lewis. And he's uh, actually your check from the chip podcast. Oh, yay. Are we on right now? Yes, we are. Good. But okay. I just said to, I literally, we just started and uh, here's what you've missed. And, and I know pre Thanksgiving traffic is a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Um, the fact that you took an Uber is insanity. But you should, well, I got out at third Avenue. I just walked the rest of the way. Oh, you did. No yeah. That's why I got here a few minutes early. Cause it said 1230. But then I was like, if I check, if I walk this, it's like yeah, getting across town was crazy. But, um, and that's, I'm and now I'm officially in anger management gym. And what I've learned, you is, went to class. Uh, not class. I do private, you know, uh, oh. therapy, but with anger management yes. in mind, because um, I, I turn into a lunatic sometimes. Sure. When, especially when I'm running late. That's yeah, when I'm most, panic, yeah. you know, stressed out. That's my big trigger. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm good. Like I literally, I was like, I was like, what? You know, what's the worst that can happen? You're a little bit late. Jim's not going to fucking beat no, me up. Matt Sarah's not here. Jim Matt Sarah was here. Jim yeah. can't beat me up. <laughs> right. You worry about Matt. You're yeah. a legit MMA fighter. What am I going to no, do? No, no, stop it. I'm not. punch you in the dick. I'm not at all. But um, weren't you supposed to start uh, jujitsu classes last yeah, time? Yeah, but you know, said it's funny. I, I still plan on doing it. Um, I, mean, I was talking to somebody about that yesterday. I might start. Jimmy Rivera had gotten in touch with me, and he has a place not far from me. And I'm like, I might take that because it's on my way home every day. I see it, mm. um, and then start with that, and then maybe do jujitsu. I want to change my schedule up a little because I've gotten too much in a fucking routine. But how is anger management working for you? Is it better? Does it, it actually is. help? Yeah, it really does. Well, you know, it's, it's toxic. It's because I'm 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 holding myself accountable. Now, so what happens is when I start to blow up a little bit, I start to go like, wait a minute, I'm going to have to talk about this. I'm thinking about it more, and that's it. I, I think we're comics, you know, and I'm sure fighters are to it. It's even crazier as a fighter because you hear about all this crazy shit where people blow up, and I know it's a big story right now where the, the one chick's, you know, husband. Her husband. Beat her up. Um, but yeah, it's what? like we don't really – we're not really held accountable much. When you're, on, you're, you're your own boss, right. you sort of – it's a different type of thing. You do sort of have to create checks and balances for yourself. And I think as a comic, I wasn't doing that as much. So I, I'm getting into these fucking stupid arguments or whatever it is, and I get myself really worked up and – you know, whatever. I got a kid. I'm, I'm just trying to overall be a better person. Yeah, so. and it's like you're hungover when you're done. Like the next day, there's those fucking weird like anger hangovers you get. Yeah. You're like, oh my god, that was fucking ugly. What am I doing? Yeah. What did I say? I don't, don't even drink it. I say things. And I'm like, oh no. Yeah. Why? Well, you know, the other thing is like I um, it's always when I feel justified as well. Uh. Like I can just go off the handle, you know. And then I'm like, like in my mind, I start to work myself up more. It's crazy. I start to like, I I, re I really do. I mean, I like I start to like. Imagine it's like a very Puerto Rican old hood fucking thing that's in me where it's like I just I take disrespect very personally. Sure. Sort of like, you know, you're disrespecting me and then I'm like, you know, you take you're disrespecting my family and my people, my lineage, my culture. <laughs> it's like, it's my shield. Crazy. It's psychotic. Um, yeah, my yeah. crest. 
But I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying to be, uh, overall trying to be better. So I'm sorry that I don't, usually when I walk in late, because I'm late to everything, I'm usually like, I'm so sorry, I'm flustered, I run in, I throw my bag down, I'm sweating. But today I'm like, eh, fuck it. Yeah, we, we knew, I, I knew what it was. I mean, yeah. uh, I was just teasing you for taking a fucking Uber on the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> by the way, the person you're talking about, uh, Rachel uh, Ostevich, yeah. and her husband, uh, Arnold Bur- uh, Bearden, or Burden, I guess, is uh, also yeah, Burdon, an, M- yeah. Burdon, sorry, yeah. is an MMA fighter. And, and Chris said that he's being charged with attempted murder. Whoa. What the fuck was so going on? some war machine shit. Yeah, what, was that's, it what, that, I read, or that's was what I read on TMZ. I mean, that's wow. what they're reporting. So, yeah. She's hot too, right, the girl? I don't know. She's, she a, polar, she's a smoke show. Maybe the hottest female fighter. And I don't mean to be a pig, but, you know, I am. Let me see what she... Uh, she's a smoke show. I, I mean, I've seen her fight. I just don't remember... Yeah, she's very attractive. Um, but what do you like? This is what I want about like in domestic violence situations. What? And I talked about this on Bruce Buffer's podcast yesterday. What the fuck are you doing that you th- like? First of all, if you're not shitty enough to not hit your wife, like okay, you shouldn't be shitty and hit your wife. But like, how do you not even from a self-preservation point of view know this is going to ruin your life and her life? Like. What is happening that you throw that punch and you think that you're going to survive that and that's going to be a good move? Well, I think it's because people that have like fu- real fucked up anger issues, their line is in a different place. Like my line's at a different place and your line probably. This guy's line is at a different place. And, you know, what he's, you know, willing to do when he sees red. Um, and I'm sure this is not the first time, you know, I don't think it's, a, you know, you don't beat the shit out of a chick to that capacity. I mean, I think her, I think her orbital, orbital bone was fractured, which is fucking crazy. Um... You know, yeah, it's it's fucked up. It's really fucked up. Um, I wonder why the attempted murder charge. Is it because he's a professional fighter, or did he do, hit her with something, or is it just? Was well, it a that could be. A fa- I mean, fight? that could be a factor because it's you know it's like a deadly weapon type of thing. I mean, well, if you're trained to. That's an old know. like uh, an old timey tale. Like they were like you know my, I had to register my hands yeah, as lethal a, weapons. As right. lethal weapons, but they will take into account when they're charging you, when they're convicting you, that you are a fucking trained killer. Yeah. I mean, the reality is an MMA fighter. Here's here's why I say this. This would be my defense. Why it's not attempted murder, okay? Because and by the way, this is all alleged. You know, I mean, of course. Like, oh, look, I, yeah. I don't. You know, whatever. Where right. there's smoke, there's fire. Something happened here, right? This guy's yeah. probably a piece of shit. Maybe I'm just throwing him under the bus without. You know, yeah. We just we don't know. Just in general, like, fine. If it comes out, I'll, I'll retract that. But it seems like this is what happened, right? Um, but the reason I'll say not attempted murder is because I feel like uh, an MMA fighter, a real trained MMA fighter. If he wants to kill you with his bare hands, he's going to do it. There's not like, I, I, and I'm sure she's unbelievable, but I don't think she could defend herself against a, a dude. I don't know his caliber of fighting. I think he's, is he Bantamweight or? Uh... Uh, that I can look. I mean, he's seven and two, so it's like. Was he, he UFC? A, no, no, he never. What does he fight? Uh, I want to see who fights 135. He's not UFC though. No. Yeah, but I mean, look, uh, if Michael Bisping wanted to kill me or you. Sure. Or Matt Sarah just wanted to kill us. It would be a matter of a minute or two We're, before we would be dead, literally dead, because they could just choke us unconscious, and then they could kill us with their bare hands. It wouldn't be a difficult thing. So I feel like if this guy really wanted to kill his wife, if that's the charge, I think he probably could have gotten the job done. He could choke her unconscious, and then at that point, you do what but you do. But there may be a certain threshold you cross. Like, if you do certain things, it's just considered, like, if you hit somebody with, a, if maybe if you strike somebody with an object to a certain, who the fuck knows? Or if knows? they're unconscious and you're still striking yeah. them or some shit like that, like... Um, yeah, I mean, horrifying. fuck it. Throw, throw the book at him. I'm just saying, like, I always think of that because me and Bisping talked about it on our show, uh, the Believe in Me podcast. Um, Are you guys still doing that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're, uh, yeah we're I still love doing Bisping. It. He's the man. I really He's love Bisping. He's the fucking man. One of the funniest people in the world. Such a, a good dude. But we talked about it on the show, like, if he wanted to, just an average man, like, there's so many different ways about it. But the easiest way, they could just choke you unconscious and pretty easily. Stop. 
and then yeah, just keep just going. keep choking. It's over. Right. It, what I mean, what do you do? It's over. Did you see it? any more? Details yeah, he's a he's a bantamweight, and yeah, it's a, he was arrested on a uh, attempted murder. Attempted, yeah. yeah, maybe that was a. Can I see what he looks like? Sure. You can always see the look in a person's face if they're a piece of shit. I maybe that's just crazy because like, you know something happened. Like, what would you have said yesterday? Like, let who me say two days ago. He's got a fucking. <laughs> you never can tell. Yeah, that's oh, this no, guy. No, he looks. He doesn't. I, no different than any other. Fighter. Yeah, he looks like a Puerto Rican. Is he Puerto Rican? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Arnold Burdon. I'm not sure. They're from Hawaii. I mean, I know they live in Hawaii. Literally, so. no different. Fa- like, I look at that face. I don't see any difference in like yeah. any no, other right. fighter's face. Yeah, you wouldn't guess. You're right, but you know. That's crazy, but she is. Uh, she's a beautiful girl. Yeah. What's her record? She's uh, one and one in the UFC. She was on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, four and four overall. Four and four overall. Yeah. Um, I think you hear about it happening in MMA, and it's just an e- it's a it's a story that's easy to sell, right? So these are these people are in the media. But there are thousands of MMA fighters. Sure. And how often are MMA fighters beating the shit out of their wives or dealing with domestic abuse? I don't think it's going to be on much of a higher level than any other profession. I would say it's probably a lower level than a lot of other professions. Like when you look, because these guys probably, at least the ones who know that, they, that anything they do is damaging physically. Right. Like I'm thinking there's a lot of other professions that have a much higher rate. Oh, yeah. Um, I've only heard of a couple of instances of this happening, but like any other job, I mean, you get people that do that shit. It's awful. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a fucking sad thing. And, you know, I'm sure there are two sides to every story and maybe you know maybe it's just um you know maybe it's just a, a big huge misunderstanding and that didn't happen but it doesn't look good i'll tell you that no much. it doesn't what are you doing for thanksgiving tomorrow um i'm gonna i think i'm gonna go to my aunt's i'm not a big fucking thanksgiving but you guy. and your girl will go yeah my chick's here she you know her family's from florida so she's spending the the, the you know thanksgiving with me i'm actually in houston friday i don't know if this comes out um before then yep. but yeah, I'll be in Houston Friday night at, a, at the Secret Group One show, 8 p.m. So if you guys are in Houston, come and check me out. But me and my chick are going down there on Friday, which I'm an idiot. I haven't bought tickets yet. I'm buying airline Why? tickets on Thanksgiving <laughs> week, the day after Thanksgiving. It's crazy. Are you looking for – what are you going to Houston for, a gig? Yeah, a gig. Oh, okay. You just said that, yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking, like, why don't you buy tickets today? I'm going to. I just keep on putting it off. I have horrible ADD. So I just keep on putting it off. And I look this morning, they're $800 each now. Well, maybe you coach. get a Black Friday sale or something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Can you look? Uh, yeah, I want to know how much Lewis is going to pay for tickets to Houston day of mm-hmm. uh, the day after. Cause the day after Thanksgiving is a good day to fly because a lot of people are already where they're. going I'll do be. it. I'll do a red eye on Thanksgiving that night. That would be good. I did that once to Vegas when I used to tour with Dice. Yeah. Um, I, I remember on, on Thanksgiving one time, my family dropped me at Newark Airport, and I flew out and Dice Kenny. And Happy Face were meeting me the next day. So I went out Thanksgiving alone. Thanksgiving night. Probably landed around 9 p.m. And, um, and called this girl that I used to see out in, uh, in Vegas. It was like 1998. Yeah, 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 I was all by myself in the hotel. I felt like such a big boy. I knew I could misbehave. <laughs> I had my Toshiba laptop. Six gigs. <laughs> First time Dice saw it, his kid was in the car with us in the back of the limo. And he goes, move your typewriter. Because he wanted the sun <laughs> to lay down. He didn't feel like fucking Dice didn't know what a laptop was. Yeah, move your typewriter. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm single. So I don't know what to I got to see my family tomorrow. And I might actually this female friend of mine to go with me just because I don't like travel. I'm sick of going alone. You, yeah, you, I notice that a lot, Jim. I see on your Instagram you'll have you'll be on a date with a female companion friend. Maybe not even a date. Maybe a friend. Whatever yeah. it is. I uh, like my ex is my my closest friend. My ex from years ago. Yeah. I see her all the time. She's my closest friend. 
So I spend a lot of time with her when I go to LA or if she comes to New yeah. York. But we don't. We haven't. You just in like years. companionship from women, which is crazy to me. I, you know, if you're not I fucking do. Them, like, really, it, it's after a while of like being in a relationship would be nice, and I'm kind of at that point. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't mind one, but with if I don't have one, it's like if I'm gonna hang out with a guy, I'm gonna hang out with a woman. Like I'd rather just hang out with a woman. Sometimes yeah. I'm around fucking guys all the time. Or you can hang out with uh, both. I've heard. Oh, I've done. I've many heard your times, morning but show, that, but that's for marriage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready to get married yet. But this this woman's a friend of mine. I'm, I I just texted her and asked her to go to. She shouldn't. She, I've never hung out with her. Okay. I've, I know her. I met her and we've texted a bunch. But yeah. I'm like, fuck it, just do this with me. How do you meet women? Is it fans? Instagram. Um, this happened to be at the Comedy Cellar. You know, you know how it is, dude. I, I have, I know what I bring to the table. It's a fucking, yeah. it's a nice apartment, and I'm funny. I don't yeah. have one. Like, my fucking my physique, my fucking dick. Do you not? Do you do you get ups, not upset, but do you almost go like when when a female when you know a chick is only into you because you're yeah you you're successful you you know you have a career you're somewhat famous does does that bother you at all? No, it's, it makes me thank God I made this decision when I was 21. Right. I th I'm a fucking five. Thank God. If I could pick up an eight, a 25-year-old eight, good for me. You have the same posture as the number five as well. <laughs> yeah, I really am. I, I mean, that's well, you one, sit down, he looks like the number five. I do. And that's one more thing I don't bring to the table is a man they can feel confident with. <laughs> that is true. I, I got to work on my posture. Uh, I'm going to sit I'm the same way. I, uh, it's hard. It's fucking... If there's something about it. I don't. People like hate. I'm like, oh, what a she's a gold digger. Or I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, if a man is successful, if he's funny, if he, if he's, these are all like things that are extremely attractive qualities. I, and why do why why is there like a disconnect from that? Why do you have to just be attracted to his what his dick? What do you want the woman to be attracted to? Right, his cock. That's it. Like his his face his shitty personality his lack of money if somebody has their shit together um i'm i'm attracted to a woman who has her shit more together who's a little bit more successful as right. i've gotten older you know if you're attracted to like a person who's broke you're probably broken a little bit too there's something about you that's a little bit fucked up because your instinct should be to be as successful as possible right. to get as far as possible in life now obviously you still should like their personality and the way they look and like spending time with them but having those other variables i think should be important to a person yeah, I agree, and and I also have to look at my thing. Like, wh how fuck? What do I think? I'm not shallow. Like, I you know, if I'm if I'm talking to somebody who's 25 and good looking, what am I? I'm I'm looking at her fucking only a person. No, she's she's got what I want on the outside too. Of course. So it's like I know what I bring to the table. Yeah, I'm okay looking, but I'm fucking I'm a, I'm a good person. I'm funny, but yeah, come on. I mean, I'm not a fucking idiot. Yeah. That's why I got into this job so I could meet girls. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna cry because I'm 50 and I'll, oh no, the 25 year old. You mean it's not my abs, which I don't have. <laughs> if life was fair, she'd be fucking some guy with a with a fucking a, a, a thing tattooed on his chest. She yeah. shouldn't be fucking. Me. That's the only time that I feel bad is if I'm fucking a really hot chick and like I'm on top of her and then like I see a mirror and I see like, oh, my no gross worse. ass just fucking. I'm That's the worst. worst. My gut hanging over. My my fucking Sabbath T-shirt on. They were 69 <laughs> with a chick, and then like I'm like eating her, and then I kind of look down and see my stomach meat just hanging in her face, and I know the her angle to 69 with me. I mean, God bless your soul. Yeah, God bless your soul. The angle that they get of all that fucking grossness. I'll only do it if they're eating my uh, ass. <laughs> sure. No, I like to be on the bottom when I'm 69 for that reason, for that yeah. exact reason. Of course. I don't want my stupid gut hanging all over. It's humiliating. Yeah, um, I'm going to give Ben Askren a call. And just for, so you know, Lewis, if you're going to fly Friday, let's say a 6 a.m. flight on uh, Delta, that's going to be about 661, 660. Round, Round trip. trip? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It was 800 this morning. That's Well, that's on Thanksgiving Day. No, it looks like 6. Wait, Thanksgiving 6, Day 6, at 6 in the morning. Day after Thanksgiving. 
I'm saying on Thanksgiving Day to be like in the 800. No, no, no. Range. It was it was 800 this morning, and I'm glad I didn't oh, book okay. it because now so it's 661. Go. I just saved some dough. How many yeah. stops? No, that's round. Uh, and when do I come back? Um, January 8th. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to fucking move to Houston. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'd have to check. Wait, what do you mean? I have to check. That's obviously not the ticket price. That's one way. Oh the, no, no, no! But it says round trip though. You know, okay. oh, I, I didn't select the uh, the other turn date, but yeah. I gotta um, come back Sunday, I believe. But I'll yeah. sit on Monday. Whatever. Support for UFC Unfiltered comes from our friends over at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. Let's talk about buying a home. It is an extremely stressful but important purchase, and it's one of the biggest events of your life. But today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher payments, which can turn a great experience into an anxious one. That's why Quicken Loans created their exclusive power buying process. Here's how it works. They check your income, assets, credit, they give you a verified approval. This gives you the strength of a cash buyer, making your offer more attractive to sellers. Once verified, you qualify for their exclusive rate shield approval. They're going to lock your interest rate up for 90 days while you shop for your new home. Then once you've found it, if interest rates have gone up, your rate stays the same. But if rates have gone down, here's the beauty. You get to keep the lower rate. Either way, you win. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash unfiltered rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-day purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. I'm going to be at Caroline's, by the way, uh, Friday and Saturday, two shows each night. So if you want to see me, come see me at Caroline's. If you don't, I get it. No. I don't blame you. How's it has been going? You touring a lot? You know, I'm wrapping up. I'm, I have the Chip Podcast December 7th. I'm doing that in Philly. I had uh, so much fun doing that. That's oh, you did? That's what this did. check Good. is for. I'm excited to yeah. deposit it. Good, um, buddy. Yeah, um, it's it was fun, fun it was right? so much fun, dude. Go see, go see Chip live. Uh, it's just silly. It is. And it's because it's a character. You get get, get away with so much more stuff than yeah. stand-up comics get to get away with. Yeah. And, you know, even podcasters at this point, they're starting to fucking yeah. hold us accountable for stupid shit we say. So, uh, We have Ben on the phone. What's up, guys? Hey, Ben. How you doing? You're talking to Jim Norton and uh, Louis J. Gomez. Matt is in Florida with his family. How's it going? I'm doing well. Where are you right now? Are you in Milwaukee? Yep, I'm in Milwaukee. I mean, just outside Milwaukee, but yeah. Okay, and how did you get hooked up with uh, with one? How long did you fight for those guys? One championship? Are we live on the interview? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I actually went on a trip to Singapore in 2012, and I met Chaudhry. Um, and we kind of hit it off, and then obviously uh, I had the free agent negotiation period in 2013, and uh, I ended up over in one, and I was there for four years. Now, did you live over there at all, or were you still coming back to I, Milwaukee? No, I didn't. I didn't live over there. Um, I have a family, so that would have been really hard. Uh, I would spend about two, three weeks at a time over there. I'm mean, a couple times there's even more if I had to do like a press tour or something. Um, so I got to see. Uh, a lot of Asia. My family got to go a few times. Um, it was a really good experience. When you're when you're fighting there, are you thinking in the back of your mind at all? Like, I would love to get in the UFC. I mean, because there's, there's there's such a, a great viewership there too. I mean, that that's a huge huge uh, company. So you, it's not like there was nobody watching you fight. Yeah, no, they have a uh, and their, their platform is gigantic. Um, I really enjoyed my time there, and so. Uh, well, you know what? In my, in my life, and uh, most people, if they want to be happy, you deal in the here and the now, right? You, you don't deal with um, 
all those hypotheticals of what could happen or where you could be or anything else. If uh, you know, if you tend to do that, your life's gonna be pretty miserable. I mean, sure. think about it. Like, what if you have a wife and you're like, well, if I just had that lady as my wife, I would be so much better off, right? Because I'm not gonna be happy. Yes, but uh, I mean, that's probably no, what I'll do I, if I get I, married, though. <laughs> I'm ideal over here in the now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean. How big of a show was one FC? Because that's something that's sort of lost on us, I feel like. Because UFC is obviously the big show. We've watched you fight in Bellator. But did it feel like you were fighting in this huge thing while you were there? Yeah, no, it, it's really big. Um, so, you know, the, obviously Americans are very American-centric. There's 4 billion people in two time zones over there between Japan, China, Korea, India, all, all you know, everything that's encompassed over there in Asia. Um, and I never fought, fought in less than a sold-out arena. I mean, they were selling out Mall of Asia Arena, 20,000 seats. Uh, the arena in Singapore, 15,000 seats. So, yeah, I, I mean, every single time I fought, it was a sold-out arena. It was a huge show. It was, it was a really big deal. Um, you know, when I was out on the streets, everyone recognized me. It was, uh, it, it's almost uh, otherworldly, right? Being, you know, I come from Milwaukee, and then I go to Shanghai, and everyone stopped me asking to take a picture. It's like, whoa, 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 how did this break happen? This is really bizarre. And they must have really, uh, you know, because in Asia they have a real appreciation for martial arts and fighting styles. So over there they must have, like in Brazil they appreciate the jiu-jitsu a lot of times. Things that they'll boo in Vegas because two guys are on the ground for a little while, they'll, they'll actually appreciate when you're in Brazil. So it must have been that way in Asia. Um, you know what? They actually they don't have as much of an understanding of jiu-jitsu and, and wrestling. Uh, there's not really, Japan's pretty strong wrestling. Any other strong wrestling uh, countries over there? And so, uh, you know, that was that was a little bit lost. And if you want, kind of watch their fights, there's not a lot of strong wrestlers in in that organization. Um, but man, the fan, you know, what I was always told when I went over there, because I was pretty big in the '90s. Well, when you go over there, the fans are going to be quiet. And I think that is really specific just to Japan because I never experienced that. It always felt like a normal, loud, rowdy crowd every single time I fought. Um. Now, what is your relationship with Tyron? I mean, because uh, you said you would never fight Tyron Woodley. Yes. Yeah, um, we're close. I mean, we were uh, I, I, I close friends since 18 when I went to college. He was, uh, what, a sophomore, maybe, or something like that. And uh, we were team captains together for a couple years at Missouri. Um, and then, we, you know, we've remained close ever since then. Uh, you know, all the way to he does a lot of his training camps here in Milwaukee, and I spend a lot of time training with him. And so... Yeah, just, uh, I always say it's like, I have all these dudes that don't like, what's the point in fighting him? Yeah. He does, uh, but by the way, I don't know if you know, Jim, but Greg Warren. Um, Greg Warren, yeah, Greg baby, Warren. that's a Mizzou wrestler right there. Yeah, they they were. Were you guys team? I I I interview a very very long time ago, and Tyron Woodley a very long time ago. With uh, Greg Warren hooked me up with your contact, and he's a great comic from New York. Um, and uh, what, did you guys wrestle together on the same team? How what was that? Who, Greg? Yeah. Greg, I don't want me. I'm not going to time him out or nothing, but Greg's a few years older than us. No, no, I know he is. I, know. I was going to say, how did, it, well, how did the connection come? Yeah, because he wasn't your coach, right? Well, how, how did he know you guys? No, Greg would just, he would just come around, you know, and there was, a, there was a comedy club in Columbia called Deja Vu, and so, you know, he would stop in twice a year when he was in St. Louis or whatever. Um, he did some fundraising stuff for, he would come by and do comedy, and, he was, you know, I mean, the wrestling programs are really tight knit, and you know, the alumni come back and you, you see him around. So um, obviously, he's a, he's a super awesome guy, so everyone likes him, and um, yeah, so we've got to kind of know through that, and then 
And I was like, he travels so much. We, you know, I'll just like, randomly, he was like in my small town in Wisconsin like a year ago. And, you know, we went out and got lunch or dinner or whatever it was. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, so yeah. so I mean the relationship with Tyron though. But what do you do there? I mean, you're you're obviously coming in with this monumental deal. They traded, you know, um, Demetrius, Demetrius who's a, you know been with the company forever, one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world. You're undefeated. There's so much value. Uh, you're coming in, making a lot of noise in the division, calling out a lot of people. People are very excited to watch you fight. But what is the what's the end result here? There might be a time where they put that title shot right in front of you. Um, are you hoping that your friend loses, or are you willing to move up? Or are you willing no, to move down? No, I hope my friend loses. That's that's idiotic. <laughs> uh, I th- I think there's a whole bunch of things that can happen here that don't include me fighting Tyrant. Um, you know, number one, if I just get to be with a bunch of these jackasses that are in the welterweight division, <laughs> I'm perfectly happy and I make a lot of money, so my life's great. Uh, if GSP comes back, I love that. If they make 65 and 75, I love that. If I fight to be the catch weight, I love that. Um, so, man, I, I got a lot of options. Yeah, I mean, you look at, like, uh, I think DC has said the one guy he would never fight is Kane at heavyweight. So a lot of guys have that one guy that they just don't ever want to have to go up against. Uh, and I know Robbie Lawler has been spoken about uh, for you. Uh, I think Dana did confirm that, but the UFC has not made the announcement. So I guess you are yeah. fighting Lawler. I, I believe I, I'm not really sure why they have not made the announcement. I, as far as far as I know, um, yeah, it's, it's a done deal. Uh, do you have any idea when and where you guys are fighting? Yes, yeah, January 26th in Anaheim. Oh, okay. And uh, you know, obviously, Colby Covington is probably next in line for a shot at Tyron. He probably should be because he had the interim belt. I know you guys don't uh, particularly like each other. And and he said about you, he said you're a th- you know, he calls everybody a virgin. Um, <laughs> I know it's, it's a really bad gimmick. It's very mm-hmm. like you. It is it is kind of silly, um, but if he if he wins, I mean, would you uh, after one or two fights be uh, you'd probably like to get a shot at him? Shot, I get the shot right away. But he's not beating Tyron, so I mean, we might as well not talk about stupid hypotheticals. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, that's just it, impossible. That's just not happening. I mean, is that something that's sort of? Uh... How how close do you feel as if the UFC would give you a title shot? Because with Robbie Lawler being a former champion, legend in the sport, I mean, it seems like yeah. they're if I giving beat Robbie you- and and Tyron were to tear his ACL and MCL and his Achilles and then fall over and somehow Colby won by injury before the fight even started <laughs> or something. Um, you know, if, if something like that were to happen, because Colby's not being Tyron, let's just be clear about that. Um, then yeah, I would I would be next to fight Colby. Obviously, um, that yeah, that's just such a simple fight to make. I beat him up easy. I make fun of him, and everybody's happy. How so? Uh, for I mean, essentially, you're talking about a lot of uh, other opportunities, a lot of other fights. How important is UFC gold to you? Is that something that's like a huge goal of yours, or, or are you just trying to you know make the most out of the opportunity with the UFC? Uh, I was going to go back to my answer from earlier. If it if it happens, it happens. If I get the opportunity, great. Um, but uh, there's a lot of things I think I can do to prove how good I am with, without having that opportunity. And uh, the welterweight in, in, over in one is a 185, so you're going to be... Well, yeah, they do it a little different. So you can't cut water weight over there. Um, so when you, when you weigh in, you have to do both uh, on the scale and you have to do a hydration test. And so, uh, I, honestly, I think that's the way everybody should go. I think it's super fair. I think it's probably the best way to do it. Um, so when they did that, when they went to that system, they just bumped everybody in the organization went up a weight class. So if you fight at 185 over there and you're not cutting water weight, what, what do you walk yeah. around about normally like a week or two before the fight? 
So I, uh, my walk around weight for weighing 170, uh, and my walk around weight for making with the, their 185 was the exact same. I'd walk around between 183 and 185, uh, and really, uh, I do the last, in the last 24 hours, I cut that, uh, that 13 to 15 pounds of water weight. I cut that in the last 24 hours. And so it was literally not, no change for me, except I didn't have to do the miserable water weight cut for the last 24 hours. And how much of a detriment do you feel like that? Going into the ring when you have to do that crazy cut, how much of that do you feel affects your performance in the cage? Well, it, it's, it's actually a benefit to me because I'm tougher than everyone else and I'm more disciplined than them. So I'm going to do the weight cut right, I'm going to do it effectively, and I'm going to perform really well. Most other people are going to do something stupid and dumb, and so... It's gonna be a net. It's actually gonna be a net negative to me, but I think it's probably the most fair way to do it. So that's how they should do it. When when is the last time you had to cut that much weight? Um. Well, they. When did they institute the water weight policy? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe two years ago. Okay. Whatever they. I, I don't recall when they instituted it. Um. But it was because uh yeah so maybe two, maybe two years ish. Okay, so you have you have no problem, you know, cutting down and then and then bulking back up day of the fight. Well, no, no, it's just water weight. It's really simple. Um, okay, I'm gonna throw out a couple of names. Now you mentioned it could be possibly at a catch weight. Dana has said that there's no plans to create a one sixty five. Um, do you think that's sure. true? Uh, I don't know. Find out. But you're willing to do it. Well, I mean, whatever it is, you can't trust everything Dana says. I mean, if we literally, Dana said women are never fighting the UFC. I mean, right? I mean, can we really believe everything he says? Come on. Well, that's my next question. Okay. Uh, Are you still blocked? Yeah, that's exactly it. Did did Dana finally unblock you? Uh, It it took a while, but yes, he did. What did he block you for? What did you say to him that he blocked you for? Uh, Frankly, I I don't even recall. I mean, the, the initial argument between myself and him which was kind of the start of everything, was that um, he said you couldn't do drug testing. It's impossible. You can't do it. And I said, well, there's actually this organization called USADA who tests all Olympic athletes all over the world. So it's, that, it, it's 100% possible. There's, I mean, if you want to all the Olympic sports, there's significantly more athletes than that than there is in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And now the, the obvious issue is it costs a lot of money to do that. And so, well, let's just be honest. Let's just say, hey, I don't want to do it because it costs too much, which is, that's the truth. Um, but instead, he called me a bunch of names. And I think, I think that was the start of it. And so, obviously, now we're, what, six years removed from that. And there's, um, uh, the USADA is alive and well. And I think it's made the USADA, uh, the UFC, a much safer and much more fair place. Uh, and so I'm very happy that it was instituted. And um, Demetrius obviously goes over there. You come over here. How did you first hear about this? Was this something that got floated and then you're like, ah, it's ridiculous, that'll never happen? Or was this something that was really close to being done by the time uh, you even spoke about it? No, they asked, hey, they said, hey, can, are you okay with this? I said, yeah, of course, but that, like, that's not very realistic. That's not going to happen, you know? And then they call me back like three weeks later and said, oh, yeah, it's done. I'm like, uh, seriously? Like, you guys, you guys aren't just messing with me? And then, uh, you know, I'm going to take a few more weeks to get the paperwork done and get the announcement done. So, uh, but very, very exciting, awesome, something I didn't think would ever happen. So I don't think, I don't think it was on anyone's radar, to tell you the truth. Yeah, you have an opportunity to become 
you know, one of the biggest fighters in the world because you have, uh, you know, a huge fan base in Asia. Um, and now you're going to come to the UFC and get the exposure through the UFC. Um, I was talking to Bisping about this. I did a uh, podcast with Michael Bisping. And there's a couple guys that are out there right now that are undefeated, that are high, high, high level guys. Where it's sort of, it's been a while since we've seen that. Usually when guys get to this level, um, they've, they've dealt with a, a few losses. Are there nerves coming into the UFC because of what is perceived as the obvious jump in, in competition um, and, and the guys you're going to be fighting now? Or is there any sort of, or is this another day at the office? No, it's, a, it's another day at the office. No, no, one who, um, no one who changes the way they perform based on the crowd ever does very well. And so peak, peak performance, uh, you know, you guys are comedians, whether, whether you're doing a, uh, a show for your buddies or you're doing a show for 5,000 people, um, if you say, "Oh my God, there's five thousand people out there," you're gonna you're gonna perform like shit. And so, uh, you know, the the same thing goes for fighting. You know, it, it, regardless, there's one person in the octagon. It's like I gotta, it's not like I'm gonna beat up three people now, right? It's the same thing. It's me, another person locked in the octagon. I gotta go beat them up. Um, so it's literally the exact same thing. And so, no, it's, uh, business as usual. I'm gonna go and execute the game plan that I'm planning on doing. You know, I mean, Robbie Lawler likes to stand up and, and throw. I mean, everybody knows he's one of the toughest guys uh, in the UFC. Uh, that that's I think I think you're a tougher matchup for Robbie Lawler. Um, but you know, you get guys also like Kamara Usman or Damian Maya. I, I think would be very interesting matchups with you. Uh, which I, I would love to see you fight one of those guys if if Robbie uh, goes well for you. Yeah, sure. Um, and obviously, you know, that uh, Maya's kind of I, I enjoyed watching him because it was so interesting how he just kept implementing his style and it worked, but now uh, it did end up catching up to him because I do believe he has uh, three straight losses. So, um, but regardless, I, I respect the skill set. It's good. I just think that, um, you know, I actually had to be, I actually had to be Damian Maya when Tyron was getting ready for him. I was mocking and mimicking his style. And it was really frustrating because he, he, he doesn't change it up. He does the same thing over and over and over again. That kind of caught up to him. And then with Usman, he's fighting RGA. Um, uh, I think coming up here, like real quick, yeah. maybe like a couple weeks. And so, you know, obviously if, uh, if he beats RGA, he's going to be vaulted into that upper echelon conversation. So, yeah, so I, I guess I am not here uh, to pick my opponents. I'm here to beat people up. Do you think that you mentioned Maya, because I've noticed that watching him fight too, is as great as he is, it does seem like he was kind of doing the same thing. And I, and I stuck up for Tyron after that fight. I didn't think he got enough credit for stuffing, what was it, 26 consecutive Takedown yeah. attempts against one of the best yeah. jujitsu guys yeah, to he ever fought fight. A perfect fight, basically, I mean, and people kind of gave him shit about it. But his, it's like, yeah. why? How are you well, doing? Well, I mean, he tore his leg, tore his labrum in the first round, so he can only throw punches with one hand. Also, so you know that that often is kind of brushed under the rug as well. I mean, he, so not only did he stuff every single takedown, but he won the fight standing up with one hand. Do you think that uh, after a while, kind of people kind of figured out how to beat Damian Maya? Uh, I mean, you, you obviously have to have. Uh, a very specific skill set, which means you're good at wrestling. And that's, you know, obviously Tyron kind of showed everyone the game plan. Um, and then after that, Colby and our, uh, Usman were able to execute on the game plan that, that Tyron had kind of laid out for beating. Who, who's most, the most exciting matchup for you outside of Robbie Lawler, period? Forget everything else. Just who's the most exciting? If you could pick, and I know you said already you don't pick and choose your opponents. Khabib. Khabib. Yeah, because it's uh, it's two guys who do the exact same thing who are both very, 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 very good at it, and people want to know who's the best at it. 
And it's, so it's, I think that's a very intriguing matchup for many reasons. Uh, Especially the stare down with your hair and his, you know, uh, hat. Ah, he's copying me. <laughs> so, and and you think that would have to be done at one uh, one sixty five? Yeah, I can't. Well, I mean, I, I could do it wherever he wants. I just can't make one fifty five. I mean, so I made one sixty three was my Olympic wrestling weight, and that was um, I was on a very strict diet almost year round for that. So I, I I don't really I couldn't foresee myself going any lower than that. That was kind of like really challenging for me to maintain that weight. Um, but with the, way, with the way wrestling was set up at the time, the weight class above that was 189. And so obviously you can see that that's like a huge jump from 163 to 189. So I had to really, I had to commit to making 163, but 55 is definitely out of the question. And uh, now did you grow up in Milwaukee? Where did you grow up? Yes, I grew up in Wisconsin. Uh, I was at Milwaukee and then I was gone for Roughly ten years, and now uh, I'm back. Did you now? Did you always want to fight or make your living somehow uh, wrestling, or was that just something you did and then got an opportunity yeah. and it became your life? I thought I was going to be wrestling. I thought I was going to be a wrestling coach. I mean, fine. when I was growing up, fighting didn't exist, and it, it wasn't to do to make a living. You know, it was the thing the bad kids did on the playground. Yeah, that's what I hear a lot from guys who. Um who grew up wrestling. First of all, I hear it's the toughest thing in the world. Like, you know, uh, comparatively, talk about that a little bit. Compare wrestling training to training as a professional mixed martial artist. Um, Well, I I think the thing that is, you know, so much more challenging is um, you have to make weight all the time, right? Uh, I mean, if you're in high school, college, you have to 20 times over the course of uh, a few months. Um, And then, you know, on top of that, is say in a college wrestling room, you're competing with, you know, 30, 40 guys in the same room who are all very, very high level at what they do. And you don't really see that. They almost know. I mean, really, there's no, there's no MMA camp that has as many skilled guys as, say, like uh, Penn State, Ohio State, Missouri, uh, Oklahoma State. And so they, you're not getting that day-in, day-out competition Um and, and that's kind of, you know, the, the daily grind. And that's what makes so many wrestlers so tough, um, is mentally durable, that serves them so well once they move over to fighting. You know, Justin Gaethje came in. Uh, he was undefeated. I want to say he was 15-0 or 14-0 when he came in. And I, he won his first fight, and he was, was, was kind of put up in the top five or six immediately. Even the fights he's lost, he's been very competitive and he's fun to watch. So, I mean, obviously you're undefeated. You're 18-0-1. If you win this fight against Lawler, you're probably going to be in a position to be maybe one or two fights away from a championship uh, shot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. I really didn't expect much. You know, I just kind of made a... No, no, it's an interview. I should have asked you a question. I just kind of made a statement, and you're like, okay, yeah, I fucking heard you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the sky is blue, the grass is green, Jim. No, no, but I'm just so interested in the fact that him and Tyron are close, and it's like that could happen a lot before. So maybe, like you said, if you're willing to fight, you could be able to catch weight or do something like that to kind of avoid having to go against the guy. But if you're next in line for something like that... like Yeah, but Khabib doesn't want none of that heat. What you know? The the reality is, think about this. Where is it, you know, that is a it's a really tough fight for Khabib. It's a bigger guy who does what he does, undefeated. Yeah. It's an uphill battle for Khabib. So unless you had a title or there was maybe a hundred and sixty five pound title on the line, I wouldn't. If I would be a title shot, sure. If I'm Khabib's manager, I'm saying no fucking way. There's no way. There's there's sure. almost no benefit except for possibly handing you that title. Yeah, I well, I agree completely. 
Well, yeah, he's also, I mean, he's got to fight Tony Ferguson next, and then maybe Connor or maybe not Connor. But, I mean, obviously, you and him would be a big money fight, and I'm, I'm sure he wants big money fight. But I mean, there are also fights yeah. that, and, I'm, and you'd mentioned it GSP, is, oh. which I think is a great fight, Ben. But there are other fights out there as well that are almost like the level of title shots in themselves in terms of what they do for you. Obviously, Conor McGregor, obviously GSP. Nick Diaz just came back. I know you had mentioned, you, you had given a comment on Nick Diaz. How do you feel about Nick Diaz coming back? Are you a fan? Would you like to fight him one day? Yeah, let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready. Like I said, all comers. I'll, I'll beat them all up. Do you feel any, and again, the fact is you're coming in uh, highly uh, regarded and highly thought of coming to UFC. A lot of guys come into the UFC quietly and they win a couple of fights and they build a reputation you're kind of coming in already more famous than a lot of guys in the ufc uh does that make you feel more confident or was there any additional pressure with that uh i you know i don't think that the number of followers i have has anything to do with how good i am at fighting although i think i'm good at fighting and i do have a lot of followers um so I, th- I think it'll help, it'll help my ascendancy to a uh, title fighter to get those bigger fighters because I know UFC pays attention to those metrics, whether uh, that's, that's warranted or not. Um, you know, I'm more of a, I guess I'd say, pure competitive. Like, I enjoy the competitive aspect of it. Um, but people enjoy my personality. They enjoy that I tell the truth. They enjoy that I, I speak plainly and I don't beat around the bush and that I'm really just genuine. Like, you know, I don't have any bad to say about Robbie Lawler. So I'm not, I'm not going to fraudulently come up with something bad to say about him that to fight him. Right. Not, you know, I'm going to say, if, if I don't like Colby and I don't, I'm going to say it. If I think Nick Diaz is a dumb dumb, I'm going to say it. But I'm not going to um, just create some kind of uh, uh, unnecessary beef just because I'm fighting someone. So I think people appreciate all those things uh, about me. Yeah, it's a combination of being of saying, you know, obviously the right things and saying what people like to hear, but also being somewhat genuine. And you see the guys that do it that are a little bit more contrived. And then you see the other guys. I think another part of it as well is I think every man in the world can connect with the guy who doesn't back down. And when you and Dana White had that public beef, I think everyone just went, hey, you know what? Even though everyone, I love Dana White. I'm a huge fan of Dana White and what he's done for the sport. But... Everyone kind of goes, you know what, dude? I wish I could tell my boss or my potential boss to go fuck himself. And that that thing, everyone goes, yeah, good for you, Ben. Yes, absolutely. And then, you know what else? They, they, I mean, for the, when it initially happened, he was kind of telling a lot of lies about me, and you know, some people bought into it or didn't buy into it. Um, but then, as time wore on, um, it was just, it was unavoidable the fact that I was very, very skilled and good at what I do and that there was really no other reason that I didn't get uh, a shot at, in 2013 uh, besides the fact that uh, for whatever reason, and I, I'm still not really sure, that he didn't like me at that point in time. And you're, I think you're right, too, about being just being yourself and being honest because when it's manufactured, it doesn't feel good to hear. It doesn't feel menacing when a guy manufactures shit. Like, Chael Sonnen felt, like, legit. You know, or when Derek Lewis says something, it feels like it's really coming from Derek Lewis. It doesn't yeah. feel yeah. made up. Um, so Absolutely. the fact that you're genuine and you're, and you're just an honest person, I mean, that works as well as somebody who talks shit. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like, I mean, one of the reasons that Colby's not really catching on, and if you look, Colby's been in UFC for four years. He's had uh, a fake title shot, and he still has... <laughs> A very, very small amount of the following that I do, whether it's on Instagram or Twitter or, or whatever, right? And, and part of the reason that happens is because um, it's so contrived. You can just tell, like, 
when Colby says stuff, you don't really like think, wow, that's unique, that's genuine. It's like, oh, okay, someone wrote those freaking lines for him. Mm-hmm. This guy's a dumb dumb. He's just he's literally trying to say like like the fact that he has to he has to bring Trump into everything because everyone gets mad, either they love or hate Trump, right? Right. But he trying he has to try to do that to draw interest. It's just such an obvious sign that people aren't really that into you. Well, he, what he does is he plays into troll culture, and he's essentially a troll. And look, I also appreciate what Colby does because, at the very least, he's fucking trying. I think there's a lot of guys who are complacent. You know, when the microphone he's pre- trying, he's just not very good at it. Right, <laughs> I agree. I think he's executing the ex- He's not. He's trying to go for what guys like Connor and Bisping and Tito Ortiz have done before him, and done naturally, yeah. and done naturally, and been very good at it. And he, it's just he comes off as a tryhard. And that's yeah. something that I think people are having a hard time connecting with. I think you're right. Hey, guys, I got to run. I got to take my kid up from school. I appreciate the interview. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, good and, talking uh, to you, man. Uh, good luck against uh, against Robbie Lawler, and we're really happy you're in the UFC, and we're really happy we finally get to see you fight here, man. And, and uh, good luck. We'll yes, talk to you sir. again. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right, take care, Ben. Yeah, he's a he's a good dude. He's a really good guy. I wanted to ask him, too, about the uh, it was a good question. was about uh, if he had a relationship with Demetrius, but if he's got to take his kid somewhere. Yeah, what am I gonna do? You tell Ben Askren what to do? No, it's all good. Yeah, Dude's relationship with Demetrius. He's sitting in my kid's car seat right now. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> Robinhood is an investing app. Lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission free. They strive to make financial service work for everyone, not just the wealthy. Robinhood is a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. You get to trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, with an easy-to-understand charts and market data, you can place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. That's great. You have a few minutes, you know, boom, just make a trade. We all have a little bit of time. Who has time to go home and do all this? You, you do this while you're, you know, we have a break or you're, when you're in the bathroom, do what you do in the bathroom, make a few trades. What a great time to change your fortune. With Robinhood, you can learn by doing, which is something I particularly like. I like to learn by doing. It allows you to track your favorite companies with a personalized news feed. And with custom notifications for price movements, you never miss the right moment to invest. And now Robinhood is giving our listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at unfiltered.robinhood.com. That's unfiltered.robinhood.com. This way, Matt and I won't get fired. Um, you want to get... I think we could probably try Matt Sarah. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about these uh, Beijing fights. And do our picks, yeah. yeah. Beijing. Um, I just know the man in co-main um, in Beijing. Yeah, it's fine. It's just a four-fight uh, main card. We can go through you know, a couple of the other. We just picked the main card anyway. But what, what did you think about? You can start talking about it. What about Nganu, uh Curtis Blades for the second time? Um, well, let's get Matt on because yeah, yeah. I have my feelings about it. I'm a big Francis Ngannou fan, but I'm not picking him. Yeah, I mean, he seems like he's... Lost fell his, off a little bit. Lost his confidence. Yeah, whatever it is. You know, you you know, especially when you're that guy where you're a big, scary fucking knockout artist, if you're not willing to pull the trigger, that's right. It's a, it's an issue, you know? Well, Matt, that's my concern with Chuck this weekend. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But it's like, you know, that's the thing. Those who, you know, fractions of seconds make up a difference in this sport yes. when you're dealing with high, high-level guys. And when that's your specialty, it's like jujitsu guys – there is, I think there's a little bit more room to, to for error with jujitsu and grappling, but if you're just a guy who's going in there and banging, dude, one fucking mistake, that's that. One shot and you're finished, yeah. And um, 
I, I think with Engano, I think he lost his confidence. Matt and I, and I'm going to confirm this with Matt, we had heard that Francis didn't like to spar with heavyweights. I'd love to ask Francis this. Um, the reason being, obviously, you can probably push around middleweights or light heavyweights a lot easier than other heavyweights. And I guess he liked to feel that power. That was what we had been told by a, a decent source. And after I heard that, which was before the Stipe fight, I was like, oof, that's not good. Yeah. Because, you know, you're, you're not fighting fucking middleweights or light heavyweights. You're fighting, you know, Stipe. You're fighting... Uh, you have to fight guys that are better. You know, when when you hear about this uh, thing in training camps, guys will come in with, you know, they'll do five five-minute rounds and then bring in a fresh partner every yeah. time. You know, we can connect with that. Like, I hang out with comedians that are better than me. Sure. I've never Which is hung all comedians. out with... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pick one. Come on now. <laughs> but I always have. I've always yeah. been like, you know, I hung out with guys like Big J and Kurt and fucking, you know, Vecchione and Nate Bargatze. And I never hung out with the guys that were like in right. the open mics because the reality was these guys... You know, my standard for what was good comedy was higher, and I was striving to be better at, at comedy. And it's the same thing with that, with anything you do. You need to sort of be around people that are better than you and that are going to push you. You don't want to be a shark amongst fish. And it seems like that might be the case. And then as soon as he's, he's swimming with sharks, then he looks lost. Well, you don't want to, uh, yeah, you don't, you don't want to, oh, uh, Matt? What's up, guys? Hey, buddy, you're talking to your pal Jim and Lewis. What up, Lewis? What up, kid? What up, Jimmy? How's your trip, man? Hey, Lewis, did, did you guys, um, uh, Jimmy and Chris, the producer, did you say congratulations to, uh, we, we did not his, talk his... about... I've congratulated Lewis off uh, when I've seen him at other times, but I have not uh, on the air. No, congratulations. Well, thank, thank well, no you, one, uh, Listen to me. I don't think anybody... I don't think Lewis gives a shit about off the air. I think we should hit that applause button because he was right, victorious in his MMA outing and, uh... I don't know. I would have hit that applause button. I just did, did, but it was like three people applauding. <laughs> it was the long one guy jerking off, <laughs> two guys applauding. Hold hey, on, uh, Lewis. Lewis, how was your um? How was your nerves, dude? You look totally comfortable. I seen the. I seen your fight. Oh, thanks, man. You look totally comfortable walking out there. How did you feel? I there was no nerves with the fight. I was just in my head because I broke my hand the week before the fight. My shoulder was all fucked up. Um, you broke your hand? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, dude. My and, and then Bisping was cornering me, and he wrapped my hand behind the scenes, and I kept on I kept on making him rewrap it because it was just hurting more and more the more he wrapped it, and you just saw the frustration because he's a real fighter. And he's like, mate, shut the fuck up about your hand. I'm sick of it. You're not gonna feel it as soon as you step out there. So stop bitching about it. Did you feel it? Or was he right or dude, wrong? It was. So painful. No, I'm kidding. I didn't feel it at all. He, well, was, he right. was right. No, he was right. I didn't feel anything at all. Like the the nerves kick in and you kind of go out there and you know it's it's all on. You guys can watch it on YouTube sure. or whatever. Um, you know, it was a really really cool experience. Um, what guys, was different than you thought? Yeah, the champ in your corner. Yeah, which is a big deal. And he, I, I'll tell you right good. now, like it really he really did give me good advice. Like in, in between the in the second round, we were both exhausted, so we both like coasted in the second sure. round. But uh, <laughs> I was like landing an overhand right a couple times, and he goes, "Mate, he was like, you land that overhand. If you, he was like, if you just try to hit him with that overhand right, you're gonna fucking put him away. There's no doubt about this." So in the third round, I came out and I just kept on actually really trying to throw it that time, and I fucking landed it a bunch. I landed probably six or seven times in the third round, won the fight decision. Um, it was a great experience. It was a really, really cool experience. Did he have you hurt at all? Uh, he he landed some leg kicks in the first round. How that, bad are they? They suck the day after. <laughs> oh, okay. The the day, day after. Well, during it, it's kind of what, what happens is you feel like 
You go, that's not supposed to be happening. That's all you think. You're like, it's not like you're like, oh my God, that's hurting so bad. You're going, I'm losing this exchange because he keeps on hitting me in my sure. fucking leg, right? Um, but yeah, I got a takedown in the first round and ground and pounded. It was cool. It's it's a barbaric, psychotic thing that you guys do, and I respect you guys for making that your lives. It is, it's a lot, dude. I would get knocked well, out very quickly. I agree. I know. No. Well, if I could find my chin. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Lewis, did you scrap a lot as a kid or no? Kind of. Like, more than my friends, but, like, not the way that people actually scrap. You hear about, like, tough kids growing up who were into fights every weekend. It wasn't like that, you know? And, and to be honest with you, it's a really humbling experience because... I thought I was tougher than I was before I started training. And then you train and then you go like, oh shit, I know what real toughness is now. I'm not tough in the slightest bit. So even though I'm more skilled at fighting today than I was before I trained, I feel psychologically less confident than I did before I actually... Because now you have a realistic view of how tough some guys are. Really I grappled are. with Michael Bisping the week before the fight and it felt like a bear was on top of me. <laughs> no, big homosexual was kissing me on the yes. neck. It was really hot. Actually, he was breathing hard. <laughs> that, that's how I would. That's how I would beat up bullies. I'd hit their dick with my mouth. When I was a bull. <laughs> Jimmy would. They just tap out on the back of your head. Kill him with kindness. Well, listen, hey, uh, Lewis. Let me tell you because a lot of guys, even like truly like guys that are tough, like in the street, you take that same guy and you say he's fighting a guy in front of 50, 50 people in a week or two. And and the guy was probably got most a lot of guys aren't showing up, so I give you a lot of credit for stepping in there, buddy. I Thank do. you very much, Matt. And uh, yeah, I'm, I, it was a cool experience. I would consider doing it again. I got in shape. I weighed in at 202 pounds. I'm back up to about 235 again, very quickly. How much did he weigh in? Uh, <laughs> like 187. Oh, 15 pound difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was well. We had with the, the weight. It was 205 was the weight limit. Okay. And uh, Jimmy just shit on your whole fucking thing, right? With that one sentence. No, I did not at all. I was just, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I was just, that's a big difference. But it's not, Lewis is a bigger guy. Fucking, you bully. He's calling you a bully. He's calling. It only, it only makes, I think it makes a big difference if you guys are legitimate fighters who are, but it's like two guys. I don't think if I never went to, I saw two guys fighting at a bar and I was like, oh, dude, that guy's got 15 pounds on him. Ooh. Yeah, heavyweights have sometimes 25 or 30 pounds. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, we want to do. Yeah. We want to do being an asshole. Yes, you are. Let's go. We, we just want to do picks too, Matt. We got. We want to do them with you. Oh, go listen, man. I'm excited about that. You think I'm calling just to tell you about my experience at fucking Disney? Yes, you're at Disney I'll again. Tell you, yeah, that's. A big I do chance. got. Oh yeah, no, no, Lewis. But that's it, man. This time of year, I we and we over do we overkill. Because I went to Disney once as a child. My grandparents took me when I was three years old. I don't even fucking remember it. <laughs> that I overkill it with my kids. Cause you know, I hang out with Dana, I hang out with Jimmy. I can take, I can afford to take my kids to Disney. So, you know, I, I try to indulge. It's just it. funny that I think have, I've seen, I, I've been time. on the show three times now where you've been in Disney. Yeah. So it's just a hilarious. Let's <laughs> imagine you with fucking Mickey yeah, Mouse ears on. My wife's got one of those Fitbits or whatever it is, those fucking things. Well, dude, we're walking like eight miles a day. That's how you know you're an old motherfucker. You're like, yo, I walked eight miles. Are but you going Jimmy, on the roller coasters? I'll tell you, Jimmy, Matt, are you going on the roller coasters? I am. Oh. I am, man. I told you, my, my, my brother-in-law, Edwin, came out, so I, and, uh, and my sister-in-law, so we have a little bit more freedom because we outnumber the kids, you know? Sure. So I'm able to go on some shit. My, listen, I ain't going to lie to you. Like I, I, if I take like a, like a couple edibles, dude, like it's so good for my, it's good for my fucking tummy, Jimmy. Lewis, oh. it's good for my knee. 
Mm-hmm. Chris, the producer, I'm staying the life of Frozen in Glee, motherfucker. Oh, so I'm, guys, I'm, I'm having a good, listen to me, I'm having a good time at Disney. That's good you're screaming now, motherfucker now the at world, Disney. The world knows, <laughs> the unfiltered army knows how much of a good time I'm having. But go ahead, what were you guys talking about? Uh, Li Jinglong against David Zawada is the first fight. Um, fighting at welterweight. Oh, Lee Long. Yeah, yeah, I like him a lot. He's an exciting fighter. This is all, by the way, for the whole card is on Fight Pass. It starts at three fifteen Eastern Saturday morning. Uh, only on Fight Pass AM, and then the main card is four fights. That starts at six thirty AM. But obviously, it's on Fight Pass. Oh, we'll all be watching are we doing, this live. Are we yeah. doing the picks for the, uh, the whole card, or are we just doing them? Yeah, we'll just do the we'll do the four uh, we'll do the four main card fights. All right, give me one more time that, that first fight. Li Jinglong against David Zawada. Is he, what is Zawada's record? David Zawada, he's 0-1 in the UFC. He had a split decision loss in his first fight. Terrible. To Roberts, right? Uh, yes, and he's 16-4 overall, though. Um, and Lee is what? He is 7-3 and in the UFC. He's coming off a unanimous decision win, an impressive win, and he is 15-5 and overall. Um, He's fifteen and five. Who was that? You were just talking about? That's Li Jinglong. That is. Um, who right. do you got? I'm gonna Matt? take Li Jing by decision. That's what I'm taking. Okay. I, I am gonna take a Li Jing by a third round stoppage. Okay. And uh, you know what? I got no faith in Li Jing. I feel like Li Jing's best days are behind him. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with uh, Zamata. Zawada. No, no, Zamada from oh. SNL, the black chick. Oh, okay. She's going to come in, <laughs> yeah. and she's going to actually take that dude's place, and she's going to win the fight. There you go. Uh, I'm going to take Li Jinglong's second round knockout. Okay. Nobody right. always got any love for Zawada. Yeah, it's just Li Jinglong's a real tough dude. I mean, obviously not not a lot of travel for him. I right. mean, you know, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Not, hey, I'm with you. What do we got next? Uh, then a bantamweight fight between Song Yadong, who's 2-0 and in the UFC, uh, against Vince Morales, who's making his UFC debut. He's 8-2 and two overall. Well, Song um, Yadong's got the funnier name, so he certainly does. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. If he gets hit low, he's going to go, yo, Song, how's your dong? Your guys are fucked up. Listen to me. You know, we're in this world today, you get in trouble for shit like that. I'm going. Give me, talk to me about each guy, please. Um... Chris. Yeah, sure. Well, Song Yudong's 2-0 in the UFC. He has a front choke win in his debut and then elbow and punches second round knockout over Felipe Arantes. Um, and then Vince Morales, again, this is his UFC debut, but he's 8-2 and two, and he's coming off a decision win in his last fight. Where, though, and who against? Uh, that was in Bell. He actually, his last fight was in Bellator against Justin Hugo. I am going to train with, bro? I'm sorry. Okay. Who, Vince Morales? Yes. Um, Stop umming like you're thinking. He's fucking looking no, it up looking. on the computer. <laughs> I want to point that out right now yeah, for all right. the audio listeners out there. He's not thinking. He's Googling. Uh, it says American Free Fight MMA. It seems like he trains out of uh, Oregon, so I'm not really sure who the team is. I'm going to take Song Yudong yep. by decision. Okay. Oh, who's next? You I'll are. go next. Um, go ahead. Yeah, Song Yudong... I mean, I got to be honest with you. Come on now. All the shit that he's doing, mm-hmm. high level. Sure. 
<laughs> I can't pretend to know these people. No, no. Guys, a- there's too many fighters. <laughs> I don't know Song Ya fucking Dong. I like okay. that you tried it. Most people great. don't know Song Ya Dong. What do you, I'm sure he's going to be a fucking phenom in the future. He's the next fucking he's Conor McGregor. I'm picking Song Ya Dong because his name is hilarious, and <laughs> I think Jim actually watches this stuff. Yeah. So I'm going to agree with Jim on this one. Um, yeah, I'm going to go actually with Song Ya Dong by second round KO. Uh, he is an exciting fighter, actually, so if people want to check him out, this is probably yes. a good fight to watch. Third round, TKO. Uh, you're done. He's taking it. Okay. All right. He's I taking you down. <laughs> um, all right. Then the co-main event, a guy we're all familiar with, Alistair Overeem. Sergey Pavlovich. Oh, yeah. Pavlovich, yep. Uh, Alistair Overeem versus Sergey Pavlovich. Pavlovich is also making his UFC debut. He's 12-0, and 0, yeah. nine oh. first-round knockouts. Undefeated. I watched uh, a couple of his nine. fights. You know, yeah, but coming he, out of Russia. He has not fought, in my opinion, the le- he's fought good, tough guys. He's not fought the level of guys that Overeem has fought. Overeem is coming off a loss to Curtis Blades, and before that, a loss to Ngannou, right? Is he two? St- oh, no, he, did he, he, won, he won. He's two out of three. I think he's lost. No, no. He's it two was, in a row he lost. Oh, he has lost. That Ngannou was Ngannou and Blades back to back. he lost against, he lost to the best of the best, and he only loses to the best of the best. Alistair Overeem is going to be the toughest test this guy's ever seen. Dude, Russians are tough as shit. It's so hard with an undefeated guy. It's nearly impossible to to pick. We don't have enough data to really actually make a legitimate pick. So this is only a guess. Anybody who pretends they really fucking yeah. know, they don't have the data in front of you. It's like a math problem when you're missing a few of the numbers here. But I got to pick Alistair Overeem. I am also taking Overeem because I think this guy has never faced legs like Overeem is going to use or knees the way Overeem is going to use them. And I think this guy is a a good fighter. He's a good hard hitter. But I think Overeem is going to put him up against the cage and drive those giant fucking legs into his stomach. I'm taking Overeem in a first-round knockout. Wow, all right. Wow. wow. Overeem, is due. Overeem wow. is due. After those last two fights, fucking Curtis Blades split his head open with his elbow, and Ganu dropped. Was it first round or second round that that uppercut destroyed Overeem? I think it was right at the end of the first round. I'm, Might I'm have been. Sure. But that Ngannou uppercut was the most brutal thing. It was like yeah. uh, Hearns was, versus Tommy Morrison. It he was, was that. knocked out before his, before his head went all the way back. He was finished. It was crazy. Guys, uh, uh, how old is... Um, is Sergey Sergey Ser- Sergey Pavlich? He's uh, how, I don't know, Chris. I'll guess twenty nine. Chris, yeah, hold on, I was pulling off it the up, top but... of your head. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, sorry, I didn't have it loaded up there. Obviously, that's not. all right. He all right. is. How many siblings does he have, Chris? Yeah, he's thirteen siblings. No, he's um, <laughs> it, it doesn't have his well, age and data, but I don't know. There's, he's, there's, he's... A, there's a method to uh, um, there's a reasoning behind why I'm asking now. He's, 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 if he's a young, if he's a young dude under 30, 9 and 0, he hasn't, 12 and yes, 0. he doesn't have these, oh, he's 12 and 0. I'm yeah, 9 first round that's, knockouts. That's, yeah. Oh, that's, I'm sorry. There you go. That was, that's the 9. All right, 12 and 0. If he's, uh, we didn't get the age on him? I'm checking right now. It didn't have it where I was looking. He, uh, yeah, it's right. not available. Don't matter. I don't know. It's, yeah. All right. It's not available. But, you know, he, I know that Overeem's got the experience, and that's what we're all looking at. But that's that's the thing, man. I mean, he's got the that's his fact. He's got that experience, but he's also he's been through some fucking. He, he took 35. some punishment, man. He took some punishment, dude. I mean, I don't know that guy's. What the problem is when you get knocked out, and you get knocked out more than once, yep. it you you go out that much quicker. It's that that thing about losing your chin. That is that's as that's real. You know what I mean? So, 
even though I know he's got that experience going for him, uh, I'm going to take uh, first round knockout by Surge. Okay, I'll call him Surge. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, you guys are close. Um, no, I'm going to take. Uh, I, I agree, Matt. I mean, that's the thing. I, I do agree with Jimmy that Overeem's striking is going to be the highest level striking this guy's probably seen. But okay. is he going to be able to get through the entire fight? Uh, no, 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 I'm going to pick. Uh, I'm just, uh, is he going to be able to get through the whole fight without taking a shot from this guy who's knocked out, you know, nine of his 12 opponents in the first round? So I'm going to take Pavlovich by second round knockout. Overeem is going to crush this guy in the first round. Give me a decision for Overeem. That's what I think it's going to be. I'm looking at him right now. This guy looks tough, but these are the guys that he's fighting. Look at the guys that he's fighting. That's what we said before, yeah. It's, you know, you got fighting. He's not fighting in Ganu or Curtis Blades or Cain Velasquez. Yeah, and Overeem. Dude, this guy's from Russia. No? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows if he's not fucking wrestling bears? You don't know this guy. You don't know maybe what you think you know. Oh, I do. Trust me. I've watched him train for weeks on end. All I know is, could Lewis please, could Lewis J please leave some of his sponsorship uh, at the the, the place at the studio for when I get back? You know what? I have one. I have an extra one on me. Could you hook up your friend that brings up your... You know, Jimmy and Comedy, I don't know how long you guys know each other. I'm the guy, we get on air, I bring up your fucking victory. Well, I saw I'm Lewis sorry, in Jimmy. person. And, and, and congratulated well, yeah. him. Yeah, he actually gave yeah, me a handjob. Give a fuck about that. I Jimmy did, I wants, gave him a Lewis wants, dude, he wants the fucking glory, man. Okay. That's true. I'm a badass. I'm sorry, I, yeah, Jimmy, I have some I Smoked miss, Honey, uh, which is one of my sponsors. They have great uh, products, marijuana distills. And I have an extra cartridge on me. I'll package up and everything, Maddie. And I'm going to leave it with Chris, your producer. And I'm going to hope that he doesn't try to smoke it because I see it in his eyes. You can just go he, to the store and buy that. Not here. Dude, look at his mug. That <laughs> fucking, not his mug, his face. Literally his mug, that fucking thermos, that hippie. He's going to take that shit for himself. He's an untrustworthy piece shit. of shit. Put <laughs> yes, it in my stevia. We'll see if it's here when I'm you get done. here. But yeah. Lewis is going to yeah, leave. Yeah, shit. All right. You know, uh, all right. I can't get sponsors like that. All right, what are we Main event, Francis Ngannou, uh, is he 12-2 and two now? Oh, um, this is exciting. Well, 14-2, and two, what is he, Chris? He's 11-3. 11-3, sorry. Yeah. And Curtis Blades is 10-1. and one. His one loss was to Ngannou, but it was a doctor's stoppage yeah. because of his fucked up eye in yeah, the second round. Between second and third, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. but he was, he was in that fight. And, uh, you know, I think Ngannou's confidence has gotten terrible because of that Stipe fight and then against Derek Lewis. And... Um, I think that this fight, Ngannou is less confident, and Blades has already fought him and taken what he has to offer, and Ngannou knows he could not put Curtis Blades away in two rounds. So I am going to take Curtis Blades, second round, TKO. Wow. All if right. you look at this poster, it really looks like, uh, like a, a poster at a black barber shop. Their, their hair is so nicely trimmed up, both of them. <laughs> they are. Yes. His, Curtis's beard looks really good. It does. It really does. They both have nice fades and yeah. fucking designs. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I kind of agree with you, Jim. Um, and, and to be honest with you, uh, I think it's a better story. You get a third fight out of it, you know. Um, that'll be sort of what Ngannou... It's, it's almost better for Ngannou to lose this fight than to have a shitty victory over Curtis Blades. Because at the very least, if Blades wins this fight, you set up a third fight that always has huge interest, a rubber match. Um, there's value there, and there's a story there. And I almost feel like the story, the story of Nganu being... Uh, big scary dude with crazy knockout power who just all of a sudden started playing it safe. That story fucking sucks. Yeah, but Blades is a wrestler, 
and Ngannou had a hard time against Stipe, who was able to press him down. Uh, and again, uh, Derek Lewis wasn't much of a threat to take him down. But I think if, if Curtis can get him on the ground, I think Francis is in trouble because his grappling, I think, is the worst part of his game by far. So what do you well, think? Well, let me... Okay, let me interject when, if you get a chance. Sure, buddy. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, hey, you, you know why I'm... It's, I, I see it's weird by phone. I don't know how fucking Lewis does this shit with, with this thing. Because they do it like they're in studio. They're not in studio. And you know me. I'm a fucking blabbermouth. I'm a chatty caddy sometimes. Kathy. So it's weird. I'm sitting here looking at the Hulk roller coaster waiting to chime in. I have a story, too. My story is about a fair weather fan named Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, fair weather fan. Boo. Hey, what, what am I supposed you, to I, do? I was fighting and you were a fan of mine, I would fucking hate you because I knew the second I'd lost, it'd be bye-bye, Jimmy. He's never doing a... What Francis, am I, a fucking girl? Francis, I'm going to stand there and Francis, cheer with a pom-pom for the man with big muscles? He yeah, lost who wants two to, fights in a row. Who wants to cheer for a loser? Right, I'm with listen. Jim, actually. Uh, it's it's harder for me to root against the guy I like. I'm not rooting against him, but I just think that's what's going to happen. Jimmy, let me tell you a story, Jimmy. Right. It's about a fan. A fan that loved this guy naming Ganyu. What do they mean? Francis and Ganyu. Okay, good. I got it right. I got it right. Dude, Jimmy, you were so high on this guy. You are high on yes, this guy. I still like him he very much. He lost a couple of fights, and you lost your faith in him. Yes, I did, because he lost the Derek Lewis fight by not throwing punches. And he, was, and he admitted he didn't have confidence. And we've also, by the way, Matt, since I've heard that, we heard that he doesn't train with heavyweights. He trains with yes. middle and light heavyweights. So I lost a little bit when I heard that, too, because he's going in there and he wants to feel bigger and stronger instead of fighting guys. Right. And it paid off. Right. And we saw what happened against Stipe, who fought a brilliant fight. And then we saw what happened against Derek Lewis when his confidence was lost. So, look, I like Francis Ngannou. I love his story. But I think Curtis yeah. Blades is more dangerous right now. You see that emotion you got right there? Jimmy, I'm sorry. Jimmy, I love you. <laughs> Listen to me. Jimmy, yes. I love you. I know that I just like to, I like to make it a little spicy sometimes. Yeah, I understand. All right? You know, but I, yeah, I, I will say this. Go get your fucking sign, shine box, will you please? I'm only kidding. Jimmy! Jimmy! <laughs> I love you, Jimmy. Yeah. I do. And I, listen to me. I was mad. Listen, I like Francis a lot. Yeah. And I hope he gets over this mental fucking thing in his brain. Sure. But... I like I like Curtis. I like Curtis a lot. He's got the most take. What is the, his his record? He has the record for like the most takedowns. What is his record for takedowns? Uh, he's either tied or he has the most in UFC. Uh, in the UFC, I don't know about history, but in his division, in the heavyweight division, Producer. I think he has the most in the heavyweight division. Who, I mean, maybe Kane would be second. Does Chris Producer, Does he have these, these stats? He's yeah, I'm out. pulling it up right now. Hold on. Okay, he said, yeah, it says Curtis Blades vows to break heavyweight record in UFC Beijing fight with Francis Ngannou. He had, yeah, he's one takedown behind Kane, who has 34. Oh, wow. And well, this uh, is, Curtis has 33. This is what I want to talk about. That's huge. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's something to think about. But plus, he's got the confidence. The confidence, that's the major difference in this fight, even more so than, than that more, as is important as any of their fighting skills. Is the, the mentality when he first met him? He hasn't lost Francis. Right. He didn't know how to lose. He right. knows how to lose now. You know. So I don't know. I'm going with Curtis. Uh, I think I'll say Curtis by decision because I think Francis. He's shown that he he does hang in there like he did with yeah. Stipe. I, I Could he put him out of there? Oh wait a second. This is five rounds, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck am I talking about? Okay. 
fourth round stoppage by Curtis. That's what I'm. I said it. And I stand by it. I, I also think Curtis against DC. Again, DC will probably never fight Curtis, but it depends on how Brock does in his testing and what Jones does against Gustafson. But I think that Curtis DC is a really good fight, a much better fight than DC Ngannou. I, I think I don't think Ngannou gets a title shot anytime soon. But I think DC <laughs> mauls Ngannou because he's so he takes him down, and I think there's nothing. Yeah, I think also can do. DC mauls Blades as well. He's just you know um, not as easily because he's such a good wrestler. Yeah. He might maul him, but he's such a good wrestler. Yeah, but nobody's as good as DC. DC, I mean DC is so good that you know. I, I just don't see Blades, who, yeah, obviously, really, really good grappler, really good wrestler. I think it, more than anything else, probably cancels each other out. And we've seen Cormier; he's got really great boxing, sure. really knocks people out. Been fighting at fought at heavyweight the whole beginning of his career. People forget that he started at heavyweight, went ten and zero at heavyweight before he dropped to light heavy, and he never really had problems with anybody. He was dominating people. He won that strike force tournament as an alternate. Nobody knew who the fuck he was. Yeah. And he came in and won it. And it was like, holy shit, this guy was just dominating everybody. So um, I don't think anybody beats Daniel Cormier except for John Jones, to be honest. Maybe. Yeah. All right, Matt. Um, we should, we should... Oh, well, I was just going to say, so Matt, yeah. I was going to say you, you were, you were taking blades by decision. Then you changed it. Cause it's five rounds. I actually have blades winning a decision. I think he is just going to wrestle. I think Francis is going to get tired out like we saw against this. I think he just used yeah. the Stipe model to beat him, and I think okay. that's what he's going to do. All right. Well, I All right. What did Jimmy say again? Second round TKO uh, because Ooh. I think he's going to take Nganu down, and I think he's going to do very well. I, I think Nganu on the ground is ineffective. I don't. It's not that I don't think he's tough. I think he's lost his confidence standing up, and against Derek Lewis showed that, and I think that on the ground he's very vulnerable. Well, well it's very exciting. I'll be watching. And, hey, man, I'll be back next week, guys. And sorry about being a little insane. Listen, I came 12 days at a fucking theme park. So you, you make anybody fucking insane. It's a little much. You know what I mean? It's and, Lewis, I was serious. Lewis J., leave some shit for me, please. Oh, I really will, my brother. I really appreciate it. And, Maddie, right. we and love congrats you. Congrats again, man. Congrats again. That was awesome. Thanks, dude. Thank you. All right. Later, guys. All right. Thanks, uh, later, guys. Chris, the producer. I'll talk to you soon. Jimmy, love Sounds you, good. Jimmy. All right, buddy. Enjoy your trip. Have a taste. Uh, good Thanksgiving. Thank you, man. You too, dude. Take All care. Right. Bye-bye. He's the fucking best. Who do you take now in the main event? Uh, I think I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Blades. I, I think pro- probably get a later stoppage. I agree with Matt um, just because Nganu going, going five rounds. I mean, just having a guy on top of you, eventually you will probably break. But right. either late, fourth, fourth, fifth round stoppage or a decision, you know. I don't know. I'm going to watch the replay of this, guys. I can't get up at 6.30 in the morning. That's yeah, fucking me crazy. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Lewis. This was great. I'm going to pee my pants. We have not taken a break. <laughs> Thanks to Ben Askren, too. It was good talking to him. Yeah. And um, where are you going to be performing in Houston on Friday? It'll be the Secret Group Friday night, this Friday night, the 23rd, Black Friday in Houston. Myself, my girlfriend, Kim Congdon, is coming to open up for me. And it's going to be a really, really great show. The Legion of Skanks fans come out and drove us down there. Um, and then I got a few more dates. Louis J. Gomez presents Louis J. Gomez. Dot com is the website. I'm doing. I'm filming a special. Louis oh, J. Good, Gomez man. presents Louis J. Gomez on December 9th. But I'll be in Portland next week. I will be in San Francisco, Los Angeles, and Denver to close out the tour. And uh, yeah, Infinite CBD is a sponsor for the tour, which is great. So we're giving out free CBD samples on the whole tour, and it's just fun. And I'll get. I'll leave some with you guys as well. In fact, they have a really, really great company. Um, so. Uh, yeah, if you guys can go to Lucia Gomez presents LucciaGomez.com, grab tickets for any of those dates. And if you're in New York City, come and see me film my special because I'm very excited. It's my first time ever That's doing that one. Good for you, buddy. 
Uh, I'll be at Caroline's Friday, Saturday. Uh, Chip Chipperson Podcast, December 7th in Philadelphia. Hope you're having a nice Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll see you in a few days. Goodbye. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Radio.com, or wherever you listen to your podcast. It's not my business. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.